Hello, my name is Jacqueline and I'm a very proud grandma. I write stories for my grandchildren and I'm happy to share them with you too. So make yourself comfortable because my next story is about to begin. The Safari Trip But Grandpa, why do we have to get up so early? Ella asked sleepily. Because we are going on a game drive to see the animals, replied Grandpa. We have to start early before the sun gets too hot, he said, as he gently tried to wake Ella's twin brother Jonah, who was still fast asleep. They were staying in a treehouse on a safari park, something Grandpa had wanted to do since he was a child. He had talked it over with his grandchildren's parents and they thought it would be a lovely experience for the twins to enjoy with him. And so, for their 11th birthday, Grandpa brought them to South Africa for the trip of a lifetime. A grumbly noise came from under the bed covers. Grandpa pulled the covers back and there was Jonah curled up in a ball. Wake up, sleepyhead! Grandpa said to his grandson, it's time to rise and shine. Jonah opened his eyes and peered around. But it's still dark and I'm tired, he said, trying to pull the bed covers back over his head. Oh no, you don't, young man, said Grandpa. We haven't come all this way for you to sleep all day. If you want to see the animals, we have to get going now. Our driver will be here soon. Breakfast is on the table, so quickly get dressed and let's eat. The treehouse consisted of two rooms, one room with three single beds, each with netting around to stop the insects getting at them while they were asleep, a fridge to keep fresh the food they had, and a small round table with three chairs. The other room was a tiny bathroom. Although there appeared to be windows in the treehouse, these did not have panes of glass in them. They were open to the jungle environment outside, which meant the monkeys or other animals could come in if they wished. Jonah reluctantly got out of his warm bed and went to the bathroom. He got himself ready and then joined his sister and grandpa at the table. They tucked into bowls of cereal and fresh fruit and chatted about the animals they were hoping to see that day. It was cold this early in the morning and Grandpa made sure the twins had lots of layers of clothes on to keep them warm. Why do we need this much clothing? asked Ella as she and Jonah put on two t-shirts, a pullover, a sweatshirt and a nice warm coat over their jeans. Grandpa gave them each a scarf to wind around their necks and said, to keep you from complaining it's too cold. He laughed as he pulled warm, cosy bobble hats over their heads, covering up their ears. You do look funny, he said, but you'll both thank me later. You'll see. Grandpa was dressed the same way and pulled his bobble hat onto his head. He bundled three small blankets under his arm as they walked outside to the waiting Land Rover. Ella and Jonah were surprised when they saw the Land Rover. Grandpa, there are no sides on it. We will freeze, exclaimed Ella. That's why I brought these blankets with me, said Grandpa, holding the woolen items up. We can wrap these around us until the sun comes out. 
A man was standing beside the vehicle and opened the door so they could all climb on board. Hello, my name is John, he said, and I will be your guide and driver for your game drive. The vehicle had been especially transformed so they could get the best possible views and experience on the drive. It had a small roof, enough to protect them from the midday sun, and open sides which allowed for perfect views. The tiered seating behind the driver's seats allowed the passengers to feel closer to the wildlife and nature, and easier to follow animals as they moved around. Hello, John, they said as they settled into their seats in the back of the Land Rover. Grandpa handed the twins a blanket each, which they quickly wrapped around themselves, grateful for the warmth they gave. Before they left, John explained that he would do his best to take them to see as many different animals as he could. But because the animals were in no set place, he would use his many years of experience to try and find them by following footprints and fresh dung trails. John started the engine and they set off. It was still dark, but they could just see the sun beginning to rise in the distance and it wasn't too long until it rose high enough for daylight to open up the day. It was quite a spectacular sight as the fog and mist settled slightly above the ground, creating an eerie kind of feeling as it floated around. It was going to be a little while longer until it warmed up, but they were happy driving along wrapped up in their layers of clothes, hats and scarves and snuggled under their blankets. Are you warm enough? asked Grandpa. Yes, thank you, replied the twins, eagerly watching for an animal to make an appearance. Grandpa smiled. John drove them around uphill and down. All was silent as they breathed in the fresh morning air. The mist was beginning to lift and the sun was peeking out as it prepared to rise higher into the sky, allowing for a little warmth to surround them. John said the first animals they were likely to see could be the giraffes and he told them a little about them. Giraffes are the world's tallest living land animal, he said. They can grow up to five and a half metres. How tall is that? asked Ella, who had only ever seen pictures of giraffes in her school books. That's taller than three adult humans standing on each other's shoulders, replied John. That's tall, exclaimed the twins together. Being this tall helps the giraffe keep a lookout for predators, such as lions and hyenas, John explained, and their excellent eyesight allows them to spot those hungry beasts from far, far away. Are there really lions around here? asked Ella, grabbing hold of her grandpa's arm as she suddenly felt a little scared. Yes, answered John, but don't worry, they won't bother us as long as we don't bother them. At that moment, a little way ahead, the trees started to move and out walked a giraffe. He looked very majestic with his long neck holding his head up high. He was followed closely by another giraffe and then another and another, until there were six giraffes of different heights walking out of the tall trees. It was quite a spectacular sight and the twins sat in awe, not saying a word. The giraffes really were tall and they stopped in front of some slightly smaller trees and began to eat. They are acacia trees, John told them. Giraffes only eat plants and this particular tree is their favourite. They especially like the delicious new shoots at the top of the tree. Good thing they have such long necks, said Jonah. 
otherwise they would have trouble reaching them. Yes, it is helpful, agreed John. Plus, as they stretch their long neck to reach the treetop, they use their long tongues to help pull the shoots down. Their tongues grow to 53 centimetres and helps them reach the succulent leaves way up high. That's so interesting, said Jonah, as he stuck his tongue out as far as he could. Is my tongue nearly as long as the giraffe's, Grandpa? he asked. Not even close, Grandpa replied, laughing. They watched the giraffes for a few more minutes and then continued their journey. A little way down the road, they came to a clearing where a herd of zebra was standing. John parked a short distance away so they could watch without disturbing them. They look like horses with striped pyjamas on, said Ella. Yes, they do, agreed John. Each zebra has its own unique pattern, just as we humans have our own unique set of fingerprints, he explained. They continued watching, fascinated by the animals who didn't seem to pay much attention to their audience. Oh, exclaimed Ella, that zebra is biting the one next to it, she said, pointing to two zebras to the right of the herd. No, it's not biting, explained John. It's grooming it. They use their teeth to pull loose hairs off each other as they groom. It also feels good to the zebra, like it's having an itch scratched. I'll have to try that with you, said Jonah, reaching over to Ella and pretending to bite her. No, screamed Ella as she tried to pull away from her brother. Ella's sudden noise startled the zebras and they ran off into the bushes. The sun felt lovely and warm now and the twins started taking off their layers of clothes as they enjoyed the rays. Are you feeling hungry? asked John. Yes, the twins said. That's nothing unusual, said Grandpa. You both always seem to be hungry. We are growing little humans, they announced together. John laughed as he pulled into a clearing and parked the Land Rover. I have a beautiful picnic prepared for us, he said. I think the view around here makes this the perfect place to have it. They were up on a slight hill and the view before them was quite spectacular. There were many different trees of various sizes and scattered shrubs amongst clumps of various grasses. As they ate their sandwiches and fresh fruit, they could see the antelopes running free as more giraffes walked gracefully out in the distance. Being on safari and seeing these animals in their natural habitat, roaming wherever they cared to go, was something Grandpa had dreamt all his life. This is quite something, he said dreamily, to no one in particular. Yes, it is, Grandpa, Ella said softly. It's almost magical. Grandpa kissed the top of Ella's head. Come on, let's eat up and get back to finding more animals. They soon continued on the drive and arrived at a large waterhole, an area where animals came together to drink, bathe or play with each other. There didn't appear to be any animals around the waterhole, only a rhinoceros grazing on the grass and plants nearby. John stopped the Land Rover close enough so they could watch the rhino for a while. It looks like it has a giant horn instead of a nose, said Jonah. Annie has a strange name, said Ella, as she tried her best to say it, but couldn't quite manage. Rhinoceros, said Grandpa slowly. But if it's too difficult to say, you can just use the word rhino. I'm sure he won't mind. 
The rhinoceros's name comes from Greek, explained John. It's formed from rhino, meaning nose, and kiros, meaning horn. Therefore, we should call him a nose horn, said Jonah, laughing. Yes, that would be easier to say, agreed John. They are called this because of their giant horn, which grows from their snouts, as Jonah pointed out earlier. He is very big, said Ella, as the rhinoceros began to move slowly to another tasty bush. The rhino are some of the biggest animals in the world, said John, and they can weigh nearly as much as 30 men. I wouldn't like to get in his way, said Grandpa. Well, you could just scare him, said John. Scare him? repeated Ella, a little puzzled. But surely he's not scared of us. As strange as it may sound, yes, he is, replied John. Because of their huge bodies, strong horns and thick armour-like skin, rhinos have no natural predators. Nevertheless, these beasts get frightened easily when they feel threatened and their instinct is to charge directly at whatever has spooked them, whether it be another animal or a harmless object. I think I'll keep my distance from him, said Ella, hiding behind her grandpa. John went to start the engine so they could move on, but Jonah stopped him. Look, he said, pointing to the water hole. The water is moving. They all turned to look where Jonah was pointing, and sure enough, the water was moving. A few seconds later, two eyes slowly popped out from the water. It's a hippo, said John, as he switched the engine off. They watched in silence as the hippo glided across the water really slowly, hardly making a ripple. All they could see was the hippo's nose, ears and eyes. John explained, The hippopotamus's nose, ears and eyes are situated on the top of its head and they protrude from the water while the rest of its head and body lie beneath the surface. How strange, murmured Ella, transfixed by the unusual sight. This way the hippo can breathe, see and hear, even while its body is submerged, John continued. Do they stay in the water all the time? asked Jonah. They spend most of the day in the water as it helps them stay cool in this hot climate, John said. Their name also comes from Greek and is made of the words hippos, meaning horse, and potamos, meaning river. It's a river horse, said Ella, giggling. At that moment, the hippo appeared to be coming out of the water, but then suddenly disappeared completely under the surface. It's gone, exclaimed Ella, standing up so she could see a little better. Is it going to drown? she asked, slightly worried. John laughed. No, he's going to be okay, he said reassuringly. When a hippo sinks completely underwater, its nose and ears automatically close so that no water seeps in and they can hold their breath underwater for about five minutes. Time us, time us, shouted the twins together as they excitedly held their breath. Grandpa looked at his watch just as Ella gasped for air. That wasn't very long, said Grandpa. Try again. Ella and her brother started again, but as they looked at each other, they burst into giggles. Oh, you two are silly, said Grandpa. They looked back over at the waterhole, but there was still no sign of the hippo. Do they ever come out of the water? asked Ella. 
Yes, replied John, but they usually leave the water at dusk and walk as far as eight kilometres to graze on short grasses, which is their main food. They graze until dawn and then return to the water before sunrise. The twins were getting bored with waiting for the hippo to emerge, so John started the engine and they drove away. As they slowly passed a dirt track, they saw three big elephants walking way up the track and tucked in behind them was a tiny baby elephant. John stopped the Land Rover so they could watch them go. The baby elephant must have heard them because he turned around for a moment and looked at them. Oh, he's such a cute little elephant, said Ella. He looks just like Dumbo, the Disney character. Let's drive around this bend ahead of us, said John, starting the engine. There may be some other elephants up there. A little way ahead of them, through a gap in the trees, they could see a group of elephants. Some appeared busy pulling dead trees from the ground. Wow, exclaimed Jonah. Their trunks are so long and strong. They watched the elephants move the trees out of their way as if they were light as feathers. Amazing, said Ella. Look, even the baby elephant is moving a smaller tree with his tiny trunk, just like the bigger elephants. As they watched, John said, an adult African elephant's trunk is about seven feet long. It's actually an elongated nose and upper lip and like most noses is used for smelling. Is that what the elephant over there is doing? asked Jonah, pointing to an elephant who had lifted his trunk high in the air. Yes, that's right, said John. When an elephant gets a whiff of something interesting, it sniffs the air with its trunk raised up like a submarine periscope. I wonder what he can smell, asked Ella. He's probably sniffing for a waterhole, replied John. Yes, agreed Ella. It must be hot work moving trees. They use their trunks to help them cool off, explained John. First they squirt a trunk full of water over their bodies, then they pick up and spray dust the same way they do the water over themselves to create a layer of dirt on their skin for protection from the sun and biting insects. So they don't only use their trunks to smell things with and lift heavy objects, asked Jonah. No, said John, they use it in many ways. When an elephant drinks, it sucks as much as two gallons of water into its trunk at a time. Then it curls its trunk under sticks the tip of its trunk into its mouth and blows the water right down its throat. That's awesome, said Jonah. What other way does he use his trunk? asked Ella, fascinated by all John told them. Well, the two finger-like parts on the tip of the trunk allow the elephant to perform delicate manoeuvres such as picking a berry from the ground or plucking a single leaf off a tree, John explained. They sometimes hug by wrapping their trunks together in displays of greeting and affection. And also, if they feel threatened, excited or surprised, an elephant will push air through its trunk to make loud trumpeting noises to other elephants. And as if on cue, one of the elephants raised his trunk in the air and gave a loud trumpeting noise. Immediately, all the elephants moved off and disappeared into the trees. That was brilliant to see, said Grandpa, and so interesting, John. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. My pleasure, said John. Now, I think that's enough adventure for today. The sun is really getting high in the sky and it's getting hotter by the minute. 
How about we go back and spend the afternoon in the pool, suggested Grandpa. Yes, the twins shouted, quite excited by this idea. The rest of the day went by quickly as they played in the pool and enjoyed the time outside. When the sun went down, there was no television or video games to play. So, after dinner, they all went straight to bed, exhausted after their early start and fun-filled day. Grandpa tucked the twins into their beds. Now snuggle down and sleep well, he said, after giving them a kiss on their foreheads. We have another early start in the morning. We will, said the twins. Night-night, Grandpa. All this time, a snake had been watching from a distance. He had watched the twins play all afternoon and liked the way they interacted together, never fighting or arguing, just talking and laughing. The snake's name was Finnegan and he was a large python. Finnegan had a problem and he hoped the twins could help him solve it. Down at the waterhole, the animals didn't get along with each other. They were always arguing and fighting. Many of the animals thought they were better than the rest, either because of their size, strength or cleverness. The smaller animals were scared to go near the waterhole because they would get picked on by the bigger animals and so they often became thirsty. The bigger animals seemed to enjoy bullying others and could always find some reason to start a fight. The waterhole really wasn't a nice place to be at all and Finnegan was determined to do something about it. Tonight there was a full moon and Finnegan knew there would be many animals at the waterhole enjoying the warm breeze in the night air. The moon lit up the treehouse with its magical light and Finnegan watched Grandpa put the twins to bed while curled up in a tree outside. When Grandpa had climbed into his own bed, Finnegan waited for him to fall asleep. Before long, the snake could hear the gentle snores coming from Grandpa's bed and he decided now was a good time to make his move. Finnegan slithered in through the window and made his way across the floor to Ella's bed, peering at Grandpa as he passed his bed. He wriggled his head and body under the neck curtain around Ella's bed, then held himself upright just enough for his face to be in front of Ella's face. She was fast asleep. Now, how should he wake her? He didn't want to startle her so that she screamed and woke up her grandpa. No, that wouldn't do. He had to think of a plan. He decided to see if Jonah was awake. He slithered over and slipped his head under the fine net curtain surrounding Jonah's bed. He looked at Jonah's face. Hmm, he was fast asleep too. At that moment, Ella stirred. She turned over in her sleep and faced the wall next to her bed. Finnegan slithered back over to Ella's bed and slipped his head under the drapes. Ever so carefully, he slithered onto Ella's bed and put his face near Ella's ear. Very softly, he whispered, Ella, Ella, open your eyes. I need your help. Ella murmured and rubbed her ear as if it had been irritated by something. Finnegan tried again. Ella, Ella. Please help me. This time, Ella woke up and rubbed her eyes before lifting her head off the pillow. She looked around and saw Finnegan, who had pulled back slightly away from Ella's face. 
Ella opened her mouth to scream, but Finnegan whispered as loud as he dared, Please don't scream. I won't hurt you. I need your help. Ella rubbed her eyes again before looking at the snake in amazement. I can understand you, she whispered, smiling. Yes, replied Finnegan. This is a magical night with a full moon in the sky, so anything is possible. Ella looked out of the window and saw the moon shining down. Yes, it is magical, agreed Ella. My mum told me and Jonah to make a wish whenever we see the full moon. And you are a wish come true, she said softly, looking at the snake. I've always wanted to talk to animals. Well, I don't have time to have a conversation with you right now, whispered Finnegan. But if you will come with me, there will be lots of animals to talk to. And he introduced himself and explained his problem. Let me wake Jonah, whispered Ella, who loved to help others. Yes, please, whispered Finnegan. Time is moving on. We need to get going as soon as possible. Ella tiptoed over to Jonah's bed, doing her best not to disturb her grandpa. She pulled back the curtain and whispered, Jonah, and gently shook her brother. Jonah grumbled slightly and Ella whispered, Shh, don't wake Grandpa. Jonah opened his eyes and could see Ella leaning over him. He rubbed his eyes. What is it? he asked. I feel as if I've hardly slept a wink. That's because we haven't been sleeping very long, Ella whispered, glancing at her watch. At that moment, Finnegan peered over Ella's shoulder and looked at Jonah. Shh! hissed Finnegan as Jonah's eyes grew big with fright. Ella giggled. That's Finnegan, she told Jonah. He needs our help. Come on, let's go before we wake Grandpa. And the three of them crept out of the treehouse and followed Finnegan to the waterhole. On the way, Finnegan explained what he wanted them to do. So I just want you to talk to everyone, he said. We have monthly meetings at the waterhole, but they always end in arguments. Hopefully tonight you can help us to live better together. They arrived at the waterhole where the animals had already gathered. There were buffaloes, leopards, a lion and lionesses, hyenas, elephants, antelopes, giraffes, zebras, crocodiles, hippopotamuses, rhinoceroses, chimpanzees and probably others I've forgotten to mention. Finnegan slithered over to a large pile of rocks near a tree and told Jonah and Ella to climb upon them so the animals could see them better. Jonah helped Ella up onto the rocks while Finnegan wound himself around the branches of the tree. When they were settled, Finnegan called all the animals to order. I have some very important guests here to speak with us tonight, he said. This is Jonah and Ella and they have something to say to us. The animals were silent as Jonah and Ella waved nervously to them. Why are they here? asked the hyena, always curious of new things. To help us get along better with each other, replied Finnegan. We get along just fine, roared the lion. Well, sometimes you do roar a little too loud, a lioness told him nervously. That doesn't happen very often, replied the lion with a snarl. Well, you roared at me last week for no reason, said a zebra. And me the week before, said a chimpanzee. That's because none of you have anything of importance to say, roared the lion. 
Just because you roar the loudest, you think you're important, said a hippo. The lion roared again. I'm the king of the beasts, he roared, so I know best. Oh, no, you don't, shouted the animals back at him. You just think you know best. And you don't give us a chance to speak, said a crocodile. You have nothing of interest to say, said the lion nastily. I'm not staying around here to listen to this, said a giraffe. I'm off. And I'm going with you, said a few other giraffes. Us too, said some rhinos. Now, now, everybody, shouted Finnegan. Nobody is going anywhere until Ella and Jonah have spoken. All the animals stopped and listened to the snake. This is exactly what I'm talking about, he said. We cannot have a meeting without it ending in a disagreement. We need some help. Some of the animals nodded in agreement. How can you help us get along better? A zebra asked Ella and Jonah. Well, said Jonah, first you have to recognise your strengths and be ready to use these to help others, not hurt others. What do you mean? asked an antelope. Jonah explained. I am stronger than Ella, therefore I can help her do things which she finds difficult, such as lifting heavy things for her and helping her climb onto these rocks. And I'm better at doing arithmetic, said Ella. Therefore, I can help Jonah with his school homework. The animals were all silent as they listened to the twins. When we help others, we feel happier inside, explained Ella. It makes us feel good when we are being kind. When we are mean to others, it makes us feel angry and not very happy, explained Jonah. But I'm the king of the beasts, roared the lion. I'm meant to be mean and fierce. Animals are meant to be afraid of me. Well, that's okay if you enjoy being like that, said Ella. But are you happy? The lion thought about this. Not really, he replied. I see other animals spending time together. And I often wonder what it would be like to have a friend. I do get lonely sometimes. To have friends, you need to show kindness and be more caring towards others, explained Ella. I don't know how to do that, said the lion sadly. Well, instead of roaring all the time, why don't you offer to help others, suggested Jonah. And only be fierce and roar when necessary. Teach others how not to be scared. Ella looked around at the animals before her and said, this applies to all of you. The bigger animals amongst you can help the smaller animals and the stronger ones can use your strength to help your weaker friends. It's okay to be weak or small, said Jonah, the same as it's okay to be strong or tall. But it's not okay to be cruel or hurtful to others, said Ella. We are all special in our own ways and each of us has something to offer others, said Jonah. Now, who needs some help? asked Finnegan. I could do with some help to reach the fresh shoots at the top of the bushes, said a rhinoceros. I can help you with that, said a giraffe. I can pull them down for you so you can enjoy them. And I could do with a nice cool shower, said a hippo. I sometimes get fed up with lolling about at the bottom of the waterhole, missing the world going by. I can help you, said an elephant. 
I'll fill my trunk with water and shower you whenever you like. And the animals began discussing the ways they needed help and the ways they could help each other. Finnegan listened, delighted that this time there was no arguing amongst them. Each animal was listening and eager to help someone in whatever way they could. Soon Jonah turned to Finnegan and said, We should be getting back now. I'm feeling really sleepy. Yes, agreed Ella, yawning. I think the animals have taken on board our suggestions. Finnegan called to the animals. Ella and Jonah have to leave us now, he said. I hope you all agree they have helped us become friends with each other. Yes, the animals said together. Thank you for helping us understand about kindness, said the lion. I am especially glad as I never knew what it was like to have a friend before and now I have lots. You are welcome, said Jonah. You are still the king of the beasts, but now you are much more approachable and happier, agreed the lion. And so, after saying goodbye to everyone, Finnegan led the twins back to their treehouse where they quietly put themselves to bed. Wake up, sleepyheads, said Grandpa the next morning. It's time to get ready for our game drive. Ella woke up and rubbed her sleepy eyes. Morning, Grandpa, she said. Jonah yawned and stretched and then rolled over, pulling the covers over his head. I slept really well last night, said Grandpa. I remember dreaming that a snake had slithered into our room and peered at us all through the net curtains, he said. Jonah immediately threw back his covers and sat up in bed, glancing over at Ella. That's a strange dream, he said. Yes, agreed Grandpa, especially as we didn't see any snakes yesterday. I wonder if we'll see one today. Ella looked over at the window and could just make out Finnegan curled around the branches of a nearby tree. Maybe we will, she said, smiling. Come on then, said Grandpa. Let's get ready. John will be here shortly and we don't want to keep him waiting. The twins yawned as they sat at the table ready for their breakfast. Anyone would think you didn't get much sleep last night, Grandpa said to them. You both went fast asleep as soon as you closed your eyes. Maybe you had too much sleep, he said, filling their bowls with cereal and fruit. Jonah yawned again and Ella nudged him to stop as she said, You're probably right, Grandpa. And while the three of them chatted over breakfast, Finnegan silently slithered down the tree, happy that the twins had helped the safari animals to live in harmony together. I hope you enjoyed listening to my story. Before you go, I'd like to ask you a question. What strengths do you have with which you could help others? You can share your answer with me by either going to my website, grandmahasastory.com or by visiting my Instagram page, grandmahasastory. Also, check me out on TikTok, grandmahasastory. Thanks again for listening and come back soon to hear another story from Grandma. Bye for now.